0: Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because I know you like to think your shit don't stink, but lean a little bit closer and see them roses really smell like poo-oo-oo-oo. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh! Hell yeah, everyone. Welcome to the show. Recording this week at the Fortress of Vicitude. I've got to find a name for this, and I don't know where it'll come from. Uh, Keeping this temporary vibe moving with some awesome stories this week, as per usual, two from each company. Uh, I'll uh, have uh, another set for you at the end of the episode. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, So, as, as always, we start by rating the thickness of my stack. Oh yeah, Mike's Thickometer. Uh this is a perfectly average thickness. It's five out of ten on a Mike's thickometer. Uh it's it's okay. It's not too thick. It's not not thick enough, it's just right, I suppose. I like it thicker, that's a personal preference. Alright, so <laughs> we'll start uh, this week with Marvel. Uh, continue my Silver Surfer run here. Uh, we'll look at Silver Surfer Black. Uh, it's the fr- as as you know, I've been into Silver Surfer a little bit. This is done by Donnie Cates. The first thing that sticks out to me, uh, I bought it in a in a trade format. This thing is massive. It's just so big compared to every other uh, size of book that I have. I mean, it's just dim- dimension wise, it's very large. It's almost like a like a, a legal pad or or, or larger. Uh, it's just very very big. Um, one thing that pops out at you about this book, from start to finish, is the art and the colors. Holy hell, this just gets out of control. Um, so, real quick synopsis, uh, this is a story following uh, the Silver Surfer, Norn Red. Um He is dealing with uh, going through the cosmos and trying to understand why part of his, his essence is now uh, black, It starts with his hand and it progresses throughout the the rest of the story. And he he has to really journey back in his mind uh, to find the origins of this. And it's actually really cool. I like the story a lot. Uh, it's the first time we really get to see uh, null the the god of symbiotes and all his his destructive glory and there's tons of guest stars in here you can see Nornrad's wife um, you get ego the living planet which uh, you know I always love you get some galactus uh, in in both galactus form and Galen form um, and the, the story's just it just moves along really really well. Uh, I enjoyed reading it but even more than reading I, loved uh, the art and the colors. So Trad Moore, Dave Stewart, you guys did a phenomenal job here. Um, you know, there, I had some issues with, um, I don't know, some of the pacing, um, some of the confusing aspects of the story at times, um, but they're, my God, uh, th- those are quickly overcome by some of these splash pages. They're just massive and weird. It's very Kirby-esque. Um, if you ever think about Jack Kirby's... Um, Uh, Doctor Strange, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, It's just so weird and offbeat and and alien and imaginative, and I I love that aspect of it. Um, So for that book, I would give it a 4 out of 5. It's very good, but the story could be seen as kind of lacking. Uh, I would highly recommend it, though, if you you love art uh, and a cool story to go along with it. And I'm sure that whole null thing... Uh, the god of symbiotes, will will pay off in the future. And at the very, very end, um, now Nornrad is uh, not the Silver Surfer. He's, he's all black. The, the black surfer? I, I don't I don't know if that's a thing that's going to happen. Also, that feels a little racially weird, so hopefully that's not what they go with. Uh, moving on to the other Marvel book that I, I went back and read. This is an older story. Uh, I do one new, one old, in case you're just joining for the first time. Uh, so the, this book is Spider-Man Ends of the Earth. Uh, this collection encompassed Amazing Spider-Man 682 through 687, uh, Ends of the Earth number 1, and Avenging Spider-Man number 8. Uh, these all came back in about 2011, 2012, back in that era. So the awesome thing about this is uh, Doc Ock is dying. That's not the awesome part. Um, and he's just basically... Looking to make his name known worldwide, and he's doing a whole bunch of stuff um, to to show that he's he can repair the ozone layer, and he's trying to get money, and he's trying to he like flexes on the world real hard, uh, and Spider-Man just goes out of his way to try and stop it. One of the things I love about this story um, now, especially in retrospect, because I didn't realize it at that time, um, one I love the fact that you know Peter really leans into his creativity and his brilliance um there's a point here where he he flat out commands the avengers which is badass is all hell uh until the avengers get taken uh which he clearly feels guilty about Uh, cap gets frozen uh iron man's armor gets shut down spider woman gets taken um then the story shifts and becomes all about Spider Man, Silver Sable, and Black Widow all versus the Sinister Six and uh, Doc Ock uh, at the helm. So they eventually wind up taking him down. um, And it's really cool. You know, Spider Man upgrades his his armor, his suit, to include uh, one of my favorite uh, costumes of all time the Spider Armor. Um, He's basically ready to go to war with the Sinister Six. Um, There's a whole bunch of really good chameleon stuff in here. I I would just highly recommend this. I love this so much. What I realized in retrospect, though, uh, obviously this is where, um, if you're familiar with the whole Spider-Man mythos, you know that he gets taken over by Doc Ock, who dies. And uh, they brain swap, so it's actually Peter who dies in Doc Ock's body, while Doc Ock lives and takes uh, stock of everything in in Peter's body. Uh, So the beginning of that story is planted here, which is great. The other thing that's planted in here is a current event that's going on right now in Marvel comics, Iron Man 2020. Dan Slott, who also writes that, uh, put the seeds out there for this story way back. I believe the story is actually from 2012. So in 2011, I'm sure he sold Marvel on this. So Ten years, 11 years ago, you know, this guy's like, hey, look, uh, I'm going to do something and then I'm going to have it pay off later when I go to write it. And they were just like, yeah, sure. No problem. Which ends up being incredibly cool. I give that a four and a half. Um, very good. Uh, there, there's times the the only thing that makes me uh, frustrated at times is like, uh, so I love Humberto Ramos's um, art. His art is usually really good really really good and cool and very angular but at times like it it just seems like it suffers in in this book um and and there's a there's it goes back back and forth between caselli and ramos and that gets kind of tough as a reader because you're you're really looking for a nice consistent art style and you don't really get that and i understand they were putting out a weekly spider-man book and there's no way any one artist could be expected to hang on to all that so all said and done, we're going to move on to DC, uh, where I guess I will start with the new story. This wrapped up last year um, by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um, it's called Batman Last Night on Earth. Uh, this is basically a story of a futuristic, uh, dystopian world where the Justice League has essentially failed and the anti-life equation is running rampant. Um and uh, goddamn, this is cool. So it's one of those black label series that I absolutely love. It starts out where looking like Bruce is insane, like everything was made up in his mind. He finds out that it's it's all holograms and it's an elaborate hoax by Alfred, who's much much older, uh, and uh, you know he he's trying to protect Bruce because Bruce ends up being a clone from from scott snyder's original run that started back in court of owls um be, so that way there's always a batman in gotham well he goes back to the surface finds in a beheaded joker uh hit, hit, floating in a glass and joker's still alive um and then they, they really kick off the adventure uh, they run across um uh, vixen and poison ivy who i love i love me some poison ivy uh and they to knock Bruce out and take him to the resistance here where they encounter Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman tells Bruce the story of what happened um where the anti-life equation really basically took over um and that they're retreating into um Hades uh, they're yeah uh, they're crossing the river styx just to keep people safe. Bruce doesn't want to go. He suits up and moves on and starts to really go back and uh, look for his friend, who is dead. Obviously, uh, Superman. Uh, at, on his quest here, he obviously he suits up uh, out of his uh, mental asylum ward clothing attire. Pick a word, uh, and then uh, he you know he sees a Speed Force um, tornado, and you see you see Wally and Barry and Jay Garrick all mixed up in this. They can't stop running. Um, moving within within the Speed Force storm, um, Bruce goes to visit Superman. He gets knocked out and uh, carried down underneath the Fortress of Solitude. In that in that uh, place underneath, he finds Lex Luthor, who has been cloning and making cybernetic supermen uh, because he's responsible for clark dying and has been tr- constantly trying to bring a new superman back to this earth um, these monstrosities turn and one wonder woman shows up and just rips him in half and it's awesome uh then they they escape the fortress and uh find the, the death of the specter on the ground um, and then they cross the river Styx uh and they see everyone that's dead, uh, and it's it's ridiculous. Uh, it's Wonder Woman and Batman. They're just on the road with their de- dis, uh, decapitated, that's the word, decapitated Joker. Sometimes I'm real smart. And they end up in Gotham and see that this whole thing's been taken over by someone called Omega. And then they get surrounded by the Court of Owls, led by one Dick Grayson, which is super cool, because, yeah, I mean, who better to find Batman than the very first Nightwing? In an older first Nightwing. So they, uh, the Court of Owls is basically being the Resistance here, and they're going up uh, against many, many foes uh, spawned on by, by Omega, who we find out later is Bruce, who didn't really die in the first place. He's just accepted the anti-life equation and is doing what he can to install peace. Uh, then there's a there's a fight where Joker becomes Robin. <laughs> he wants to be Robin so bad he takes a, a mech suit and becomes Robin. And then we find out John Jones is uh, going to distribute the anti-life equation worldwide, and uh, that's not great. It's obviously not great. So Wonder Woman goes to fight him. Bruce goes to fight. Well bruce and uh that that fight changes uh as it as it uh progresses uh, devolves however you want uh, and batman winds up killing himself the young batman winds up killing old batman and uh diana gets jean to snap out of it and then from there the story shoots forward a little bit where Joker is actually Robin, <laughs> just just an absolute ridiculous thing. Uh, they find they find a spot where one of the rockets is going to land, and they find a baby Superman, uh, presumably to raise them as a wonderful, happy family, uh, and that's it. I, I love the series. I'd give it a five. I, I just I just think Scott 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 Snyder and Greg Capullo are just such a fantastic team. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Finally here, we're going to reach back with a look at Identity Crisis. Um, so this really s- like goes around the, uh, the murder of uh, Sue Dibney, the wife of the Elongated Man. Um, this spins out of, I believe it was Final Crisis or Infinite Crisis, where she was killed. I think it's Infinite Crisis where it starts. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff around it in 52, which I would highly recommend reading if you have not read. Um, so we get to see a whole lot of the heroes processing Sue's death and realize that things have changed over time. So the one of the first things you realize is that uh, Dr. Light, who has snapped and gone crazy, has has raped um, Sue. Sue? which is horribly uncomfortable. Uh, but the heroes come back, find him doing this and they beat the shit out of him. And it's fantastic. Um, then there's, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in here. Um, Tim Drake is, is Robin at this point. Um, his dad gets killed. Uh, it's, it's awful. It's awful. This, this series just, it's such literary gold. Um, So that happens, so they, like, the, the leaguers involved here, so we're talking about the Flash, Green Arrow, um, it's Barry Allen Flash at the time, Green Arrow, Hawkman, Tana, and there are a few more. Uh, they, they opt to mind wipe Dr. Light, uh, because, you know, he knows their secret identities and even threatens Barry Allen at one point. Which is clearly not okay so they vote they vote it's not easy um, they vote to uh, to wipe his mind fortunately Batman comes back finds him doing it and he's not he's clearly not cool with it and uh, a fight ensues there they freeze Batman and essentially say hey we need to wipe his mind too they vote to do it uh, which uh, as it's being explained to Wally West who's currently the flash at this point. Um, (laughs) Wally, (laughs) Wally's like, um, don't you think he knows? And Ollie basically says, that man's a detective. He knew the moment something came up that messed with their minds. Um, then there is an amazing moment where, uh, Batman is, I mean, all the, all the evidence basically seems like, um, the Adam Ray Palmer has, has been, the reason that Sue Dibney's dead. As you go on, it seems that Gene Loring, his uh, recently ex-wife, and she's trying to get back uh, in, into his life, it seems like she's the reason that Sue is dead. It doesn't seem like it is the reason Sue is dead. Batman figures it out. He goes to, he goes to go after her. Yet, yeah, at the same time, Ray Palmer is confronting her as well. Um, it's bad. It's real bad. It was an accidental death. Um, she, she fucked up using Ray Palmer's equipment, which is why it seems like it's Ray Palmer. And, uh, she gets committed. He puts her away, which is awful. Um, for her, obviously. Um, and for, and for Ralph, you know, he's dealing with the fact that his wife was gone and killed by a friend. Um, and then... The story goes on, and uh, and wraps up with a really sweet, sad moment with Ralph Dibney. Great story. I would go. I would highly recommend you read it. Uh, read final. I think it's final. Infinite Crisis. Uh, read that first. Five out of five. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. No interview this week, but there will be a couple uh, being recorded very very shortly. So next time, uh, the stories that we will do. From DC, Flashpoint, which has been adapted uh, multiple times, animated uh, on TV, tried to do it for the movie. It's starting to wonder if we're reaching Flashpoint saturation here. Then uh, we'll do Superman Red Son. No, I'm sorry. That's, that's No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do Deceased. Deceased is a great story. Um, we'll do that. Now, on the Marvel side, we will do Winter Soldier, as an old story, in Annihilation Scourge as a recent story. So, that's all the time we have for this week. Of course, make sure you subscribe to The Twisted Cape on your favorite podcast platform. We are at The Twisted Cape, no spaces on every social media platform. Facebook, The Cram, Twitter, YouTube. Feel free to shoot us a f- your feedback on the show to thetwistedcape at gmail.com, and make sure you use that subject line, MTS. Thanks for tuning in. Don't be the reason for the world, bitch. Stay safe, stay twisted. It's stuck.